TYB On The Run with your host, Katie Haldane. This is your daily Bible blast, the perfect fit for your busy life. Just one chapter, one revelation. This will change your life. Okay, guys, are you ready? We're about to raise the dead here. (laughs) John 11. We are going to go through the raising of Lazarus. Um, it's long, so stay with me, guys. We might go a little bit over 20 minutes because um, I, I really want to do as much as I can of this scripture. Let's go. John 11, the death of Lazarus. Now, a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sister sent word to Jesus, Now the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said, this illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed there two more days. And then he said to the disciples, let us go back to Judea. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you and yet you are going back. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I am glad I was not there um, so that you may believe, but let us go to him. I love this. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem and many Jews had come to Mary, um, Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I'm the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die and whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the Son of God who has come into the world. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. The teacher is here, she said, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up very quickly. She got up quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to mourn there. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in the spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him. But some of them said, could not he have opened the eyes of the blind? Sorry, could not he who have opened the eyes of the blind have kept this man from dying? 
Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the, of the dead man, by this time there's a bad odour, for he's been in there for four days. And Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that you may they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did, believed in him. But then some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. Oh, how cool is this story? I'm going to stop there. It goes a little bit further. But I have to say, this is such an incredible story. I'm going to exegete this. What does it mean? Get ready. I am going to go verse by verse, section by section through this because I really want you to wrestle with this with me. Some of you think your dreams are dead. Some of you think that they're in a tomb. Some of you think that you're just mourning. That's You're in mourning. You're in grief. God wants to do a miracle with your dreams. God wants to do a miracle with those unanswered prayers. And we're about to have a miracle here. Are you with me, TYB? So let's go. John 11. Now, a man named Lazarus was ill. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. We've got to remember that. He's from Bethany, okay? This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay ill, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. John's giving us background information. Mary, Martha, Mary is actually the one, John said, that that anointed Jesus' feet for, for burial, which is quite incredible. And they're, they're part of the crew. They're family. They're best friends. We know them. They're mates. So the sister said word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is ill. When he heard this, Jesus said two things. Remember this. Jesus declares what is about to happen. And John gives you the two things that you've got to hold on to for the rest of the story. What Jesus will do in your life, TYB, is he will prophesy something. And I have to say, when you get a prophecy, that prophecy will have to hold you through till the end of the story. <laughs> it's like that. This, these statements that I'm about to say to you now, you've got to remember them for the rest of the story because it's going to get bad. It's going to get much worse. Things are going to go wrong. People are going to moan and complain and whinge, but you have got to hold on to the promise of Jesus that he professed and prophesied over you in the beginning. This is it. He says this, this illness will not end in death. You've got to remember at this point, Lazarus is just ill. He's not dead. And the promise is the illness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And the second thing he said, John says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Oh, God will give you a promise and he will also give you a, a his nature around that promise. The promise here is this illness will not end in death. And the promise is why? To glorify Jesus. And then John says the reason that we know this, we've got to remember in this story that Jesus loves them because sometimes through this story you're going to find Mary and Martha doubting the love of Christ. When God promises something, the journey to that promise is through doubt. 
Does he love me? What's going on? You've got to hold on to two things. One, that he has promised it and two, he adores you because those things never change. No matter the circumstances around the promise, no matter how bad this gets, Lazarus ends up dying. At this point, he's only ill. Lazarus ends up dying, but Jesus, two promises. He's going to raise him from the dead and Jesus loves them. These are the two things that you've got to hold on to through this whole story. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, I would love to say the next statement was he rushed off and healed him. It doesn't say that. (laughs) It says when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed where he was for two more days. I don't know about you, but that's the disciples must have been mind blown. Are we going? he's ill. Let's go heal him. It's what you do best, Jesus. Let's go heal him. But he doesn't. He delays. Sometimes we think the delay of God is punishment, but sometimes the delay of God is purpose. Sometimes the delay of God has a plan in it. It's not punishment, it's purpose. And here we have this incredible moment where the delay of God, Jesus finds out he's ill and doesn't just rush off, waits. Why? Two things. We know that this illness will not end end in death. <laughs> get that. Get that. It will not end in death. It goes through death, but it will not end in death. <laughs> and God loves them. Jesus loves them. Okay, let's keep going. And then he said to his disciples after two days, okay, let's go back to Judea. They're shocked. They're like, this is crazy. Two days ago, he was ill. I'm pretty sure it's not good now. They said, but Rabbi, they said a short while ago, The Jews there tried to stone you and yet you're going back. First thing, obstacle to raising the dead. Number one, somebody will always put a doubt in your mind of ramifications. Oh, but if you do that, God, you know, you'll get punished. Or if you do that, always that doubt and fear. First obstacle for raising the dead, overcome doubt and fear. Overcome that fear. Jesus answered, Are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. He's like, I'm the light. I'm going to be fine. I love this moment where he just rebukes fear and says, I will not fear. I'm not going to stumble because I am the light. And after after he had said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, (laughs) <laughs> so embarrassing. Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get better. They didn't get it. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant they meant natural sleep. So then he told them plainly, okay, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe, Let but let us go to him. He's basically saying, guys, get your mind out of the natural. Lazarus is dead and I'm about to do something great. Are you going to perceive it? Are you going to understand it? And unfortunately, at this point, they don't. So then he told them plain. um, So then Thomas, I love this moment. You imagine all these obstacles. First obstacle is one disciple comes up and says, but they're going to kill you. Jesus has to overcome that obstacle of fear to keep going to raise Lazarus from the dead. The second thing is that that miss of understanding. Oh, he's just sick. He's not sick. He's dead. This is why I'm doing this. Now, the third thing is this. Thomas says to the rest of the disciples, let us also go so that we may die with him. 
this is this dramatic moment where Thomas is like, Jesus doesn't know what he's doing. We're all going to die. And, and you know, you, everyone's got a friend like that. Oh, you're going to step out in faith? Oh, that's never going to work. Oh, why would you do that? That's another obstacle. That, that doubting Thomas obstacle, just keep walking. And I love the fact that sometimes Jesus answers and sometimes he completely ignores. He just completely ignores Thomas. He doesn't even answer him. He's like, Thomas, stop being dramatic. He just keeps going. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Okay, he finds out two days. So amazing. He waits. He'd been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. His journey would have only taken him two miles and he waited And many Jews had come to Mary and Martha to comfort them for their loss. They're they're grieving, they're mourning. They don't understand what God's about to do. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. Now, let me tell you why Jesus waits four days. If Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead within three days, Jewish understanding is that the spirit remains around that body for three days. And it's it's pretty easy, not easy, but... You know, you can be raised from the dead within those three days. If it's four days, there is no hope. He wants it completely naturally hopeless so that nobody can assign this miracle to just, oh, well, maybe he wasn't actually dead. Maybe, you know, he wants him dead, really, really dead, so that this glory for this miracle goes to God alone. Sometimes God wants your dreams really, really dead so that the glory of that dream being resurrected goes to God alone. Will you let the dream die so that God will be glorified? Now, when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary, Mary the one that anointed Jesus' feet, Mary the one that's the the dramatic, beautiful, pouring the oil out, won't go. She's discouraged. Martha comes out, and Martha's logical. Martha said to Jesus, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. You can hear the discouragement. You can hear the heartbreak. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. How beautiful is that? Even though she's in that heartache moment, her logic is still kicking in saying, but I know that God will give it to you. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Now she goes natural. She says, oh, yeah, no, I know he'll rise again at the end of the resurrection. Um, She's like, yeah, on, on the last day we all rise again. He's like, no, 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 you still haven't got it. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. He says, I'm not going to raise him from the dead at the end. I'm going to raise him from the dead right now. How cool is that? Now her logical brain is just wigging out and she says, he says, do you believe this? Do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Jesus is standing before you, TYB, saying, do you believe I can raise your dreams from the dead? Do you believe that they're dead, dead, or do you believe I am the resurrection and the life? I can raise your prayers, your unanswered prayers, your dreams that you thought are dead from the dead. And what is your answer, TYB? And I love Martha. She's like, yeah, Lord, I believe that you're the Messiah, the Son of God who is coming to the world. She gets the revelation. She says, I believe you can do that. TYB today, maybe God's saying that to you. Do you believe I have the power to raise the prayer of your family, your salvation for your kids? Do you believe that I can do that? Do you believe I have the power to do that? And your answer is, yes, Lord, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. You can do anything. How cool is that? After she, we haven't even got to the tomb yet. There's so many things going on. After she had said this, she went back and called her sister. Now, 
Mary's discouraged. The teacher's here, she said, and is asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up quickly and went to him. She's like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. She's heartbroken. Jesus now, this moment, now Jesus had not yet entered the village but was still at the place where Martha had met him. I love the fact that he won't go into the village. He doesn't go into the place of mourning. He doesn't go into the place where they're all gathering. He's like, no, I'm staying out here because I'm about to do something amazing and I'm not going to surround myself with people who have death all over them or who do not see what God is doing. Can I say when you are waiting for the promise of God, do not surround yourself with people that 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 speak death over you and speak mourning over you. Get in a place where Jesus can bring life. And I love this. When the Jews who had been with Mary um, in the house comforting her, notice how quickly she got up and went out. They followed her. (laughs) They come with her. Supposing she was going to the tomb. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and she's discouraged. She says, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was moved in the spirit and troubled. He doesn't even question. He says, where have you laid him? Come and see, Lord, they replied. And this beautiful moment where Jesus weeps with her. Oh, it's this beautiful moment because why is Jesus weeping? He knows what he's about to do. He promised in the beginning, right back, this illness will not end in death. He's been telling everybody along the way, I'm about to raise the dead, I'm about to raise the dead. Why does he stop and weep? He stops and weeps because he realises the this moment of compassion for the people around him that have no idea what God's about to do. He's weeping with them. And can I say that even though your your prayer and your dream may have died, God's not looking at you going, how dare you? Come on, you have lit. He's not. He's sitting down next to you and weeping with you and saying, I know this is hard. I know this is heartbreaking. I know that everything in you wants to give up. I know you are discouraged. I totally get it. And he's having this moment with you of heartbreak. And I love this about Jesus. He has this moment with with Mary of heartbreak. And he goes, I know this is hard. I know the journey to this miracle is hard. But wait, I am about to do something. And then we have this horrible conversation with these horrible people around him. The Jews say, see how he loved him. And then some people say, well, why couldn't he come and heal them? You know, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind. You've got to stay away from people like that when God's about to do a miracle in your life. Because if you listen to people like that, you can stay in the place of mourning. You can stay in the place of complaint. And I love the fact that Mary and Martha come out of the place of complaint and mourning and go to the tomb expectant of what Jesus is about to do. TYB. Go to the tomb expectant of what God is about to do in your life. Come out of the place of mourning. Come out of the place of complaining. Get that out of your mouth. Repent of that and come out and stand in front of your tomb because God is about to raise the dead. So are we ready? We're standing in front of the tomb. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. And I love this last ditch moment where Martha in her logic goes, what? He's going to smell. Lord, Martha says, "Um, by this time he stinketh. Is the is the Katie version? It says he has a bad odor. He's not. He's been in there for four days, and she's so logical. She just still doesn't get it. She's genuinely trying, but she still doesn't get it. <laughs> Jesus said, 
Martha, did I not tell you to just believe? You'll see the glory of God. He's so beautiful. He's like, I know your logic right now is thinking he's going to smell, but just stay with me. So they took the stone away. Are you ready, TYB? The funniest prayer in the history of prayers. Listen to this prayer. Jesus looked up and says, Father, I thank you that you've heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of the people standing here so that they may believe that you sent me. Basically what he says is, God, I know what you're doing. I've known what you've been doing the whole time. These guys have no idea what you're doing. So I'm just praying to you so that they know that you know that I know what you're doing and that we're about to do it, but let's just get these guys focused on you. It's this incredible moment where he's like, I'm not praying. to." He doesn't pray to raise the dead. He basically says, I'm praying to let them know that I'm in tune with you and we're about to do something amazing. It's the funniest prayer ever. It's just so funny. When he said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Oh, the authority of the word. Remember back in John 1, 1, he's the word and that word has the authority to create. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. He's in t- still in tomb clothes. Jesus said, take off the grave clothes and let him go. How good is this, TYB? There are so many obstacles to your promised land. There are so many obstacles that Jesus had to walk through to raise the dead. Do not stop at any of those obstacles. Doubt, fear, natural logic. This isn't going to work. Disappointment in Mary. People complaining and mourning. Do not stop at any obstacle because Jesus is going to raise the dead in your life. Those Relatives that you think are unsavable, Jesus is going to save them. Miracles, signs and wonders are going to come to pass in your life. As you see in John 11, keep walking with Jesus. Remember two things. He has promised it and he loves you. No matter what happens in between, he has promised it and he loves you. Just as this story, God is about to do something amazing in your life. He's about to raise those dead promises and he's about to do great things. Just know that he is for you and he is with you. I have so loved studying this incredible chapter with you guys and let's continue in the book of John.